Occupy a Job on Wall Street is an autobiographical novel about New York City and the aughts, centering around a protagonist mentored by sociopaths. Episode 91. Catastrophe. To some extent, if you want to write about New York, then you need to write about where you were on 9-11. But I don't want to. And I don't have to. And I'm not going to. Instead, I want to write about 9-12, and then I'll leave you with the words of someone who was really there, not someone pretending to be traumatized from their midtown office, which we both know would be a lie. I'd give anything for a 9-12. People were proud of America. In sync, flags were everywhere. People focused on what really matters. This is how human perception works, though. Everything is half true. For instance, today you can perceive the complexity of the protest movement or of the police, the Democrats or the Republicans, but whichever side you find yourself on, to you, the opposition has no complexity. They're just bad. This is because the world is incomprehensibly complicated and there are an infinite set of facts, but it's your priorities that determine what you see. They don't allow you to see the full picture. Nothing will change your mind because you don't have the idea... The idea has you. I know, I know, enough with the psycho babble. But one last thing before I pass us on to my friend. My guess is if you and I met each other today, we might disagree on how privileged I used to feel living in Crown Heights when I first arrived here, but suffice to say, I didn't know a single person outside of a fireman from Jersey when I got to the Empire State. And this is his story. So listen up. Walk in his shoes for the rest of the podcast. Imagine what it's like for him to watch New York being trashed all around him and then go out tonight to pay your respects to those of our citizens who chose to wear a uniform on that terrible day. Yeah, I happened to be meeting my cousin at Rockaway Beach to surf. And I never left early. The first time I left early, probably in the whole year I worked, because it was pretty new. You know, I didn't write I stayed late, and I never left early. But that morning I did. I had my buddy Jimmy stay for me, which is great, because I'm usually the one that stayed for, you know, to the end of the hour. You ride to the hour until 9. Yeah. So I left the firehouse like 8.25, and was on the BQE when I hear on the radio. A plane hit the trade center. So I'm thinking, a small plane, no big deal. You know, and then I'm... You know, then I'm going down, you know, BQA, uh, and I see a huge plume of smoke. It's like, that's the little plane. And then traffic just comes to a halt. And then we're not moving. And now I'm here in the commercial line, or what? Well, they just, traffic just, they shut everything down. They, they were trying yeah. to keep people, you know, whatever was in it. Yeah, they were sick, dude. So I'm trying to get back to them now. I'm hearing, you know, all fine and recall. I'm listening to the scanner. They're saying, you know, plane at the Trade Center. You know, we have we have uh, multiple victims, people jumping. It was it was horrible. You know, I was listening to this, and I, I was like, I felt so like helpless. You know, I finally I left my car on the side of the road, tried to flag down a fire truck coming the other way, and thank God I didn't stop because they were. I think they, those guys got killed. All the ones that yeah, I was just out. I was right. I just got over the Brooklyn Bridge. I was on a BQE going towards Rockaway. That's where I was heading. So so they they didn't stop. Thank God. And I found out later they they, they I think they all died. That engine company. 
Yeah, 250 something, 252. Yeah. They were coming up because they shut down the northbound so that all the fire trucks could get in. So, you know, not knowing at the time the buildings are going to collapse. So, which was the second crazy part. Because then, you know, by the time, then I'm getting back in my car. By the time I spun around, but this is the thing, even before that, I, 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 let, I put my car on the side of the road and went to a firehouse that was nearby, uh, Ladder 105. I went to there. Uh, they couldn't take me because they, they were gone. They already left. So I went. And, and went to the mouth of the tunnel. I was going to go on a tow truck, and they were going to take me through the tunnel. Thank God that didn't happen, because that's when the second tunnel, the second tower collapsed, and basically killed everybody that was on that side that got through. Yeah, they had yeah. stopped everybody from going in the tunnel, because, you know, it was going to collapse anyway. The first one went down, so they shut the tunnels down. Now they didn't want to be going back, even first responders. So they really pretty much saved me from getting back. So then I finally get back to my car. Then I'm going back to the northbound. Then I go on to the uh, to the Brooklyn Bridge, and that's when the sea of people is coming through us. And a cop, you know, thank God he let me through. You know, so I'm like, come on, because I'm trying to get back to my firehouse now. And when I finally did, you know, I thought all oh, my guys were dead. I pretty much, you know, back to the house. We're all basically like, you no, know, looking at each other, like, what the hell just happened? First, it took it really decimated Brooklyn companies. Those yeah. guys took the first hit. They, they were up right. So ladder six, they were the ones that, that survived. They were the, the they went to the. I think they made it to the 30th floor when the second building collapsed. And, they, and then the, that deck collapsed on top of them, but it, it pancaked around them. They, they made it, yeah. They were the only ones, everybody else died. Them, Ladder 6, and one lady that they saved, you know, everybody else died. So they were like, they called the Miracle Ladder 6. So I know those guys, they work they right there in Chinatown. Wait, wait, wait. So they were in the building when it collapsed, but it was, the strut held up. Yeah, it held up right where they were. Good construction, luck, you know. God protected them and they, they lived, but it they, they took them like almost 12 hours to get out. They were, you know, smoke, soot, in a pitch black. They didn't know what the heck was. They, they had, I think, a couple of them had lights that still worked. It's weird. I, I always think about, like, if you were in that building, you were done. That was it. I didn't realize anybody walked out. Yeah. Well, my company, 15, got to the 17th floor and they ran down. So they down, went out, actually got out right before, you know, Tower 1 collapsed. So they, they made it, we found out this later, they didn't get back to the firehouse until like 6 at night. They had run out under like, we thought they were dead, yeah, we didn't hear from them until like at night, they all went to the hospital and stuff, but they got out. They literally was collapsing while they were running out, and they happened to run out the back, the Church Street side. If they had run out the front, they were dead. So they picked the right way out, and they all made it, but you know, they're all off the job now, you know, all retired, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, no problems, you know, everybody sucked in a bunch of that soot and, and uh, ash, but... You know, they, they kept us here. They wouldn't let us, you know, it's a, it's a good thing because if we went back there, I think more guys would have died, you know. You know, guys going to help and save, trying to pull people out, but there's really nothing there because everything collapsed and killed everything, basically wiped out yeah. everybody. And you know, what you could find, you know, was like body parts and shit like that, so. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, and then, you know, the cops were there too, doing the same thing, you know, just trying to get people out in the beginning, you know, push people out of the street and tell them, you know, get out of here, trying to do the right thing. And, and we're just trying to put out the fire for goodness sake, you know. We've got guys yeah, yeah, going yeah. in the building doing what we always do, you know, go to the fire, put out, put out, put it out. Nobody knew the building would come down like the way they did. I always have this uh, lasting memory of um, of the cops and the firemen driving down the West Side Highway, and people were just lined up. Right, just flags, just cheering. cheering. Yeah, that's right. Things were things were better. I mean, as far as you know, the way they treated yeah. the cops and firemen, that's the way it should be treated. You know? Basically, you know, we 
died for our country. The guys that died that day, they really did. They died, died as heroes, trying to protect lives and property in New York, you know, which was what we're sworn to do anyway. I, I kind of wonder to what extent, you know, there's a generation that grew up in New York City. It just seemed like it was the nicest city to some, some extent. And I wonder if the generation that we would have been, you know, 20 years on, you know, these guys don't remember or weren't there. And there's not that same sort of like coming together as a community. I mean, after 9-11, crime went down, everything went down, you know. And uh, it's ironic because the, the, it's, a, it's a horrendous event. You know, I'd never want another 9-11, but, you know, you know, I'd give anything for another 9-12. Yeah, the city changed in a, in a good way after 9-11. Yeah. yeah. And rebuilt like we've never seen before, you know. The city came back strong. Yeah. And, but there is a separation, because you're right. A lot of people don't remember, or they're too young, or, you know, now it's, it's a faded memory, it seems, and it shouldn't be. And we're coming up on the anniversary of it, you know? Yeah, it's yeah. It's like, you gotta remember. It's a very important part of American history, now that we remember that. Yeah, it was... You know, we didn't get back down there. We didn't start digging. Like, they let us go dig the next day. So we were, you know, put on our gear. We didn't know, we're, we're, we just had bucket brigades. We are going in and out, pile, just trying to, yeah, like crude. Like, there was, we couldn't get equipment. By the time the heavy equipment got there, it had it already been maybe three or four days or a week. And they only started clearing the front where the hotel was, the entrance, just so they could have a road to go in and out, to start taking out beams. and. So by then it was already too late to really save anybody that was alive. Everybody who was who was able to be saved was saved in the first basically the first day after it happened. So, uh, yeah, pretty, pretty scary stuff. No, I got one phone call to Dina. She, my wife, she and she uh, she let everybody know that I was I was not in the towers. She told me about the Pentagon. She's like, she's like, this is not an accident. She's like, there's another one. I think we're at war. Like there's a plane up down in Washington too. Like, yeah. Then I thought it was like World War Three. Yeah. Like, oh, when are the, the jets going to come and start bombing? Yeah, I was real nervous about that. But and then the play, fighter planes came later that night, you know, and they were a little late. But you know, it was nice to see that. Yeah, and yeah. The National Guard planes would just circling. You know, by that time they knew who did it. Episode ninety-two of Occupy a Job on Wall Street will be out soon. Never forget. I, I, I think if I could get you to do one thing, I would say when you get to the point that you really feel highly motivated to just towards keeping your virtue, then you'll, ex you'll discover quite quickly just how extraordinary life was meant to be and could be. It's just we get so messy. It's not that we're doing lots of wrong things, but our mind is so messy. We don't keep it simple. And, and 
we end up making the life that we're living so inordinately complicated and completely unnecessarily. And it's such a shame to end up feeling <laughs> in a real muddle when actually you ought to be having the time of your lives. <laughs>